You're listening to Errol Parker and Clancy Overall, editors of the Batuta Advocate on Desert Rock FM. Well, welcome back to the Batuta Advocate radio show. It's one of those kind of days, I guess. We'd love to say it's sunny and shining. It's not. It's flooding all over Western Queensland, all over New South Wales and Sydney. Again, it feels like this has been happening all year. And uh, if you are one of those people who are suffering through these never-ending weather events, never-ending natural disasters, we do feel for you. I mean, the Omicron's coming back, they reckon. There's, it feels like 2020 has just kind of kept going, doesn't it, Wendell? Yeah, it certainly does. I mean, look, if you want to try and look on the bright side, the previous Deputy Prime Minister, Barnaby Joyce, he offered up some mass last year. If you look at all these weather events, we're probably not going to have any more like this for another 1,000 Fifteen hundred years. These one in you know one in a hundred, five hundred. Yeah, because we've had we've had a couple really close back to back. You know, and these are one in five hundred year. Okay, events, so we have them, them all so in one year. Then we get some that means respite. that we're in the clear kind of thing for yeah. a while. I think that's what he was saying. Well, I, today's I guest can clarify if that is the case for us. As you might have noticed, Errol Parker is not with us today. He had to go see Man Better Dog. He's got a lot going on, renovating his uh, granny flat out the back. DA approvals, yada, 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 tradies, experts. So he's out of action at the moment. So Wendell will be joining me today. Thank Mm. you for joining, Wendell. Thank you for having me, Clancy. Great to be here. Glad Errol has uh, paid off his mortgage and can do renos. Yeah, that's, I mean, well, maybe the renos will help pay off the mortgage. You know, you rent out the um, granny flat, et cetera. And today's guest, back to what we were talking about, is someone that can answer a lot of questions for us because like a lot of Australians, uh, you know, we, we like to think we know a lot. Like a lot of Australians, we like to think we're experts on any given topic that comes up in conversation and will argue the point that we're making to the very end, uh, with or without, in fact, any actual knowledge of the topic at hand. But, you know, sometimes you can only get so far doing that. And sometimes you need to speak to experts. And today's guest is an expert. She's previously been with the Bureau of Meteorology. You've probably seen her on a television uh, screen over the last couple of years at some point. She is a head meteorologist at Weather Zone. Ashley Lange, thank you for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. Now, the first question I want to ask, Ashley, is, uh, and I'm not asking you to get political, but can you refute that claim that having a bunch of one in 500 year weather events in one year means that we won't have any more for 2,000 years? Yes, I can. It's not a return interval. It's actually a percentage. So... The chance of having that event in any given year. They refer to it as a one in 500, but I can't remember the percentage, but it would be a 0.05% chance of that happening in any given year. Okay. So you can have two in the same year. Okay. Or in this case, more than two. Yeah. Can you tell us what is happening around this country right now? Is it La Nina? Why is there so much rain? So we have had two La Ninas in a row, so back-to-back La Ninas. La Nina technically ended in June, but the oceans are still a lot warmer than average, so it's feeding so much moisture into our weather systems. So that's creating all of this rainfall, flooding, heavy rainfall events. So like I mentioned, we have that back-to-back La Nina as well. So the rivers are full, the dams are bulging, so this rainfall is just exacerbated the impacts of that as well. And so with the La Nina, it's back-to-back events. It's not one big event that comes and hangs around for a couple of years, is it? It's that they come each year and then they 
frequently come back to back to back. Is that how it works, La Nina and El Nino? Or is that a percentage game as well? (laughs) So on average, La Nina occurs every one to two times a decade. Mm -hmm. So this year is our second La Nina in a row. Actually, there is a chance of a third La Nina coming this spring, potentially summer as well. So we're potentially looking at a triple dip La Nina. Hmm. Um, (laughs) Do they get less? Is the third La Nina going to be a little bit less wet or is it going to be just more of the same? It's probably the opposite because you've got such a wet landscape already. Like I mentioned, the bulging rivers, that adds to the effects of La Nina. So I guess it could make flooding more likely the third time around as well. Okay. Thank you. We'll get ready for that. Um, listeners, prepare yourselves. There potentially a third one coming in spring. I want to talk about La Nina as a phenomena. Maybe phenomena is the wrong word because, as you said, it happens once every 10 years and it's a pattern. And sometimes it happens three times in a year. But what is the other one that usually gets a run? El Nino. El Nino. Okay. Can you explain the difference between those two for us, please? Because as you can tell from the first five to 10 minutes of this interview, you're talking to five-year-olds here. <laughs> Not at all. Not at all. Well, El Nino, a little boy, isn't he? And La Nina, a little girl. Yes, okay. exactly. Yeah. Spanish. Mm. Spanish. So there are three phases, La Nina, El Nino, and neutral, neutral, normal weather for Australia. La Nina, wet, cloudy, floods, heavy rainfall like we've seen in the past mm. two years. El Nino is dry. So around Australia, you've basically got cooler than average sea surface temperatures. So it's the opposite. You can see droughts with El Nino, warmer than average conditions and below average rainfall. And can you explain to me what creates these these different patterns? Yes. I mean, neutral sounds like not much needs to happen in the scheme of things, but what creates each one? These aren't your Saturn returns, you know, your, your, your <laughs> Mercury, Mercury retrograde, retrograde yeah, yeah. Mercury Gatorade. It's nothing <laughs> like that. These are uh, phenomena that you can identify and point out and predict. Yes, certainly. So La Nina, El Nino, we do have a circulation called ENSO. Mm-hmm. It's called the El Nino Southern Oscillation Index. Okay. Basically what happens is it's a giant circulation in the Pacific Ocean with La Nina, what that means is it drives warmer than average sea surface temperatures towards Australia, which creates that above average moisture rainfall cloud towards Australia. The opposite happens with El Nino, so you've got cooler sea surface temperatures. It's basically an atmosphere and ocean phenomenon, so in the Pacific Ocean, so it's a really big circulation. And we have a similar one that happens in the Indian Ocean as well. I want to ask, as someone who is a meteorologist... You studied in Australia. We can tell by your rounded A's. I'm guessing South Australia somewhere, um, because there's <laughs> yeah. a lot of chance of uh, a lot of chance of this happening. But it might be different in France, for example. That's where I want to go. Do you have to study a certain curriculum to be a meteorologist in Australia? Because as we always hear, it is a land of extremes, and the rain. You know, anyone who's been overseas when it's raining, you know, in Europe or in certain parts of Asia would know it's different. It's different rain. Yeah, we have a version we're used to that english rain is just spitting and it doesn't and it doesn't feel like it ever ends and it doesn't feel like the british would be looking at the bom map or the weather zone app and wouldn't be looking at clouds the way we do because we kind of have a different understanding of weather and then of course you get monsoonal in you know certain parts of southeast asia so do you have to study australian meteorology Yes. So we do do generic meteorology, but yes, we learn a lot about Australian. And then 
obviously I posted to Sydney as well and you learn about the local topography, so right. certain rivers. Yeah, you've got micro-scale weather events that can cause weather patterns, so you've got to learn about the environment, topography. And there's so much that goes into meteorology, so you've got to, I guess, study where you're living. So is it like you get the, not the basics, but the fundamentals similar to say like a law degree or a business degree, yeah. you kind of get like the principles and the different stuff with topography and whatever, and then you can take that to different areas and then you study topography or whatever, and then you understand that this is what's happening in this certain area and these are the weather events. Is that what it's a bit like? Yeah, exactly. So if I had been posted to Darwin, for example, I would have learnt a lot, a lot of different meteorology. Wet season, dry mm. season. Yeah. yeah. It's totally different. Yeah. Well, somewhat. Can I it's just Asia. quickly go back to the the little boys' questions with the weather events? Mm-hmm. Those big formations that we're talking about in the Indian Ocean and the Pacific Ocean, is there a lot of chat about they're actually starting to change and they're starting to become less predictable and they're starting to kind of – there's concerns raised about what's going to happen with weather going forward with those big events sort of changing and mixing up? So I guess La Nina and the Indian Ocean, Pacific Ocean, that is just background climate drivers that – it's natural climate. Yeah. I guess, obviously, you've got climate change, which is another background influence. I haven't heard about the timescales of La Nina and the Pacific Ocean example changing schedules, I guess. I guess we've just got background influences of climate change now, Yeah, okay. which could be influencing it. Yeah. And with climate change, obviously, it's something that is, you know, it can be debated in the newswaves and in Parliament House and whatever. But was that something you were... Was that part of your background as well in your studies? Was that something that you were kind of preparing to take into account as it kind of accelerated or maybe became evident? Yeah, of course. We studied climate change. We studied how the atmosphere has changed Mm -hmm. over like a long period of time, how oxygen entered our atmosphere a long, long time ago. So, yeah, it's been something we've studied for a while. Obviously, now it's very prevalent. Yeah, I feel like the climate's changing a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) Now, I also want to ask, though, when you were going back to the topography and the, the localised influences that, you know, a certain city or region would have to take into account, I'm interested in, like, the man-made element. So if you're doing Sydney or Brisbane, for example, you're kind of looking at the weather there and making predictions and forecasts, do you take into account buildings? Because that does, like, that heats up a landscape as well. Like, I know Western Sydney is often five degrees hotter than, than the mm. coast and, and the same with South Brisbane. Yeah, we do take it into account. I guess it's well known that Western Sydney is going to be two to three degrees hotter than Eastern Sydney. A lot of the time that is because of sea breezes though, so local phenomena. Sometimes it hits Western Sydney, sometimes it doesn't, but it does take local knowledge to know when that's going to happen, when it's going to go to Western Sydney. I want to go back to earlier in this year. We've gone through, you know, we've had quite a lot happening had the Brisbane floods, we had the Lismore floods, and Lismore got two floods, and who knows? We're praying for Lismore now that this weather kind of event's moving further north. Was there a moment when you said, with all of your knowledge, and you were looking at forecasts when you went, ooh, this year? Was there was there a moment of that, or was, was this kind of something you could see happening for a fair way out? Or are, are there moments when you see things lining up and you're like, okay, this might be a disaster now? Yeah, it wasn't a fair way out. I guess with La Nina, you know that heavy rainfall and flooding events are more likely. The fact that this one has lasted a lot longer than average, so it's lasted right through till June. They usually end in autumn. 
we've already had one in the bag as well, like I mentioned. So mm-hmm. we've already got a landscape primed for mm-hmm. fr- flooding, basically. So I guess when you see these weather setups, you've also got these low pressure systems or East Coast lows form. That's when you start getting quite concerned given how much moisture we have in the atmosphere at the moment. Is there anything you like seeing? Like in a forecast, you're like, ooh, that looks interesting. I mean, mm. not not to talk about, you know, obviously you don't want to see the world burn, but like if you're seeing <laughs> some sort of pattern, you're like, oh, this is a mm. this is a Moby Dick, this is a white whale, we don't get many of these. And, and have you seen any in, in recent times? I love thunderstorms. Yep. I love when Sydney gets thunderstorms and mm. really, really big ones. <laughs> I know that's bad. Yeah, I don't wish, you know, hail events on anyone, but I do like them. Well, you're a weather you've got you're almost like you're almost a storm chaser, really, aren't you? Like a almost. like that movie Twister. Like you wanna follow these storms mm. around with that steel cage and all those little balls that go up into it. What are some Titanic? of the more obscure or weirder events that you've seen? Like have there been any ones that you're just like, I have never seen that before or that is such a strange one or you know, that's the first time Australia's had one of those. Oh, we've had a lot of firsts recently, a lot of record-breaking rainfall. I guess the morning glory in Mm. Queensland is quite a weird one. Hector the Convector in the Northern Territory, that storm that forms at the same time every day, it's Hector the, please, please expand. (laughs) Not familiar with Hector. How does that go? So it's a storm that forms in the Northern Territory (sighs) or near Darwin every single day in the wet season. And I don't know if you've seen pictures of it, it's... Stunning. Mm. I know a lot of cloud <laughs> to me, spotters. To Cla- me. Well, there's a lot of cloud spotters up in northern Australia. I, I do know that, <laughs> and it's probably because they have that as part of their daily routine. There's another one, the, the winds of Frio or something that come into Perth. Fremantle Doctor. Yeah, the Fremantle Doctor. Very strong sea breeze. Yeah, that's a really extraordinary one as well. I find the Sydney fogs very mm. interesting. They never form in Sydney. And you can see, well, if you're ever up that early, you can see them actually roll in from Western Sydney. It looks like a wall of cloud. It's quite phenomenal. What was that one you said, Morning Glory? Please explain that one. That's an East Coast thing. Queensland. So it's just a convergence zone in the morning. It's kind of like a roll cloud. (laughs) Yeah, okay. This is cloud spotting stuff. I'm going to have to – maybe we should organise a bucket list of all these ones you need to see. Morning Glory, Hector the – Infector. Yeah. There's, there's a big weather obsessed group on Facebook. Maybe they could make up the there's ultimate bucket of list. <laughs> of, yeah, few, yeah, yeah there, of, there is a lot. Now, I want to get to the basics, back to basics, not the five-year-old questions we were asking earlier, but can you explain some of the phenomena that we have grown used to as Australians? For example, drought. Just something as simple as drought. The way a farmer would talk about it, I'm kind of underplaying their knowledge of you know their business, but... You know, a lot of people would say the drought doesn't end until it rains. That's true. Why does the drought start? So generally droughts start with these background climate drivers that I've been speaking about. So El Nino generally creates drought conditions. Mm -hmm. Um, They can happen for several years where you've got below average rainfall. So basically it's just a lack of moisture feeding into Australia's weather systems, creating these really dry conditions. So obviously we oscillate between that and La Nina and neutral conditions. So sometime in the next couple of years, we could see one. Oh, really? And that is an interesting one. And this kind of goes out of your realm, I suppose. But having had so much rain and having all these trees that are just full of leaves, that might be a concern down the track as well. I mean, that's how it happened last time. But we've had so much water, we're going to have so much plant life. And when that dries out, that's something that... uh 
I think as a pattern would result in fires. It's a concern. Yeah. Yeah. As soon as all this vegetation dries out, it's yeah, it's primed for fires. Yeah. Even this summer, I guess we've had a lot of grass growth. Grass can dry out. Mm-hmm. So I guess grass fires could be increased risk this season if we don't see La Nina again. Okay. And you were saying a couple of years we might see an El Nino. Does that mean it could just be back-to-back, like we have a La Nina this year and then we get a couple of months and we're into into the drought, into most, the dry stuff? Most likely we'll go back to normal conditions first. Get a neutral. First. Yeah, neutral. Okay. Yeah. Okay. A year or two in neutral. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Give nice, us a bit of neutral. Yeah. <laughs> get in neutral. What are some of the weather patterns around the world that have kind of, you know, been something that would be of note to, um, you know, someone in your field? I guess... Everyone speaks about London's weather yeah. all the time. The drizzle. Melbourne, four seasons. I mean, I know it's yeah. here, but there's always a chat about that, isn't there? <laughs> yeah, but they've actually had some good weather recently. Yeah. <laughs> they get that ozone sun down there. It's like a laser. Mm. Yeah, don't ever get caught in the sun in Melbourne on a hot day. <laughs> in jeans. With hot, up, when you don't know where your hotel is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's never fun. I've never been burnt in Melbourne. <laughs> oh, no, it's a laser sun, yeah. And that's it. Although, I mean, the other thing is the Mediterranean and uh, certain parts of Asia, you know, Aussies who burn in Australia don't burn over there. People put that down to the ozone, but maybe it's just the <laughs> land of extremes we live in. Do you take in the ozone hole that we live underneath in, in account? Oh, yeah, but mm. I love the sun, so yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm a bit of a lizard. Well, the South Australians basically live in England anyway, so they're, <laughs> they're used to the cold. These monsoons, that's something Darwin probably gets a little bit of a taste of and maybe North Queensland. But mm-hmm. how does that work? Is that all uh, background influences as well or is that just part of the routine? Yeah, it happens every year. So in summer months, mm-hmm. that's their wet season, mm-hmm. and what happens is that monsoon trough or let's think of it as a band of cloud and rain that just moves towards northern Australia. In winter, the dry season, it moves away from Australia. So when it moves towards Australia, that's called our monsoon wet season and it creates a lot of rainfall for northern Australia. That's also cyclone season as well. Yeah, okay. And America has a monster version of that. Yes. Yeah, like, well, hurricanes. I'm Mm. going to ask you right now to explain the difference between those two, hurricanes and cyclones. One's on... They're the same thing. Okay. Yep. Just happen in different parts of the world. They call them hurricanes. We call oh, them cyclones. Right. Okay. Yeah. All right. Twister? Is a twister the same thing as a cyclone or is that a separate thing? No, a twister is a tornado. Okay. And so what's the difference between tornado and cyclone and hurricane? So a tornado is a, a lot smaller than mm-hmm. a cyclone. So tornadoes can happen in southern Australia, South Australia, Cyclones only occur where the oceans are like very warm, above 25 degrees. So it's pretty much just northern Australia that they form, whereas tornadoes can form pretty much anywhere. They're small, mm-hmm. very, very dangerous as well. Okay, so they pack a punch for their yes. size. Yes, definitely. And that's what the bunkers are and everything like that in, in America. They can tear houses up? Yes. All oh, right. They're, well, they're the incredibly fast-moving ones. Very, hey? very yeah. fast. And how moving. do they occur in the, um, in the atmosphere? Oh, <laughs> that's very um. Okay, so generally in thunderstorms, what happens is you've got to have quite a lot of rotation in the atmosphere, mm-hmm. strong winds, 
I guess the wind speeds have to vary with height and direction as well. So you can create these little funnels. Mm-hmm. I guess that's probably as far into it as they'll go yeah, because well, it's, it's quite... <laughs> lots of kids running around the pool as fast as yeah, they can yeah, in a circular yeah, motion. Yeah, that's what kickstarts it. Yeah. Yeah, pretty Vortex. much. <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry for, you know, this was, a, this was initially an interview about La Nina, um, but now we're asking you about the intricacies of middle American weather patterns. Um, <laughs> I want to ask now, head meteorologist at Weather Zone, Ashley Lange, what are your current forecasts for the next week or two? Um, and what can Australians expect? I know that this is something that will be appearing on the, no- the news each night, but you're actually on the ground surrounded by the people who are looking at the screens and like minority report, moving things around, making predictions and, <laughs> and uh, are figuring out what's going to be happening here and where. Is it looking like more of the same? So that weather system that actually just dumped 300 millimetres in Tari in 24 hours, that has now moved off the coast. We're starting to see some clear, dry air. So it's starting to ease, which is really, really good. But we do have a cold front coming through next week, but a bit of a return to normal winter weather, I guess. Would you say it's colder this winter than what you'd be ex- uh, like used to for a normal winter? So the start of winter was actually really, really cold. We saw, I think it was several cold spells that created a lot of, I guess, angst in the energy market as well. Mm. So we certainly saw a cool start. Recently, it hasn't been abnormally cold, I would say. Cold summer too. That was La Nina blocking the sun from us? Yeah, so exactly. Cloud and rain actually prevents daytime heating, so cooler than average daytime temperatures. But warmer nights because the cloud acts as a little blanket. Okay. Yeah. I think Australians are going to be very excited for some of this neutral weather. Yes, I'm excited. Yeah, between the two uh, La Nina, well, you know, the eight La Ninas that we're headed for and then the next El Camino, which is the dry one. (laughs) Coming straight off the back of (laughs) flies and touts. Yeah, it'd be nice. Yeah, well, thank you for explaining this to us, Ashley Lange from uh, Weather Zone. I... um, was not aware of how much La Nina dictated our day-to-day. I thought there was a lot more influent- Like It was just kind of background. The background stuff played the biggest part. But would you say this in, in Australia, those are, those are the determining factors to whether you're having a nice picnic? <laughs> yeah, I guess La Nina has certainly dominated our weather in the past two years. But there's a lot of other climate drivers that go on, like the Indian Ocean. There's also one in the Southern Ocean. And it is not the only thing that's responsible for these weather events. There's been other influences. Sea surface temperatures are a lot warmer than average at the moment, which creates a lot of moisture as well. And we've seen a lot of low-pressure East Coast lows this year. So that's another thing, just background weather systems. Has the surf been abnormally like off the back of this too? I mean, I haven't spoken to any surfies recently, but they tend to have they're a great all, idea of what's all out happening on the, on the westerlies and southerlies and northwesterlies <laughs> and the swells. With all of this rain and all this weather, our surf reports have been informed by La Nina as well. Yes. So the weather events that we've had, we've had several East Coast lows, low-pressure systems. That actually whips up a lot of strong winds um, and it's pushed some pretty decent swell towards the New South Wales coast. So it has been significant in the past couple of days. Yeah, gnarly. Surf's up. (laughs) (laughs) I just um, wanted to ask a quick question about your day-to-day role at WeatherZone and you were previously at the Bureau of Meteorology. Just wondering, weather is probably the most talked about thing 
around the country. Everyone talks about the weather. Hmm. Is there a ban on small talk about weather at your workplace or are people still like, geez, how about the weather today? Yeah, it looks like I might get a shower later on today. No, it's still something we talk about when we're getting coffee. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I honestly, yeah, you can't escape it. Yeah. Friends, colleagues, yeah. Do you get a lot from friends and colleagues and, and family as well being like, oh, what's happening with the weather? Or blaming you as well? Oh, I thought you said you were going to rain this weekend. It just looks pretty clear today. Definitely. And I've got a few farmer uncles as well and my grandpa is. So, I, yeah, it's Yeah, endless. I can imagine you're getting the messages through. <laughs> what do you reckon about this weekend? Yeah. yeah. It must be so tough with the farmers and your family trying to... Uh, <laughs> Tell them what you think or, you know, the forecast, knowing that you can't be held 100% accountable for that because of, of the variables in, the, uh, in this thing called weather. Um, mm. But I, I suppose it's too late by that point when, you know, all the, uh, the crops have been rained on. <laughs> um, well, I have to say, if I met you at a party and wanted to burden you with the small talk about the weather, I would find it actually would become quite an exhilarating conversation. I'm sure people have, uh, you know, meteorologists are like the sleepers at parties mm. because you want to hit them with a bit of small talk about weather, you better be ready because you're going to actually find out some facts. Yeah, it is. It's very interesting. I mean, as you can see, all the questions that we get that just keep going down and down and down. Yeah, yeah. Hole. Well, that's this is what's happened. This is, this is what happens to her socially every time she goes into a room full of people she doesn't know. She starts talking about La Nina and then ends up talking about um, twisters. Twisters in Arkansas. Morning and mo glories. Morning glories, which is big in Queensland. Morning yep. glory, and of course, monsoons. Uh, we got to there too. But I am very much richer for this conversation. I'm. I was not aware that there was a third La Nina potentially in the bag. So uh, all the best, and uh, I think it might be time to build some dams. Well, that's what they've been saying. That's what Barnaby's been banging on about for years. He wants to build dams. He wants that one up there, up north of our Hell's Gate. So, you know, let's yeah, turn no, some stones there's, over. There's plenty, there's plenty. There's going to be a lot more water. The rivers are running like they've never run now. So another one will, um, will really be quite an experience. Thank you for uh, sharing your, your insights here today, Ashley Lange. And we will be obviously inviting you back in here when it all dries out <laughs> and uh, we have other things to worry about. But, um, yeah, thank you, Ashley Lang from uh, Weather Zone. No worries. Thank you. Thanks, Ash. Thanks, Ash.